Hey guys, this is Stacy from Must Do Disney, and you are at the place to be. Enchanted Tiki Talk. Don't miss it. Catch you later. Vahini Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen. No flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Hey, howdy, hey. And thank you for joining us here on Enchanted Tiki Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Alan. I'm Keith. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 43 for the week of August 17th, 2014. Before we get started on this week's show, we had the opportunity to review an independent film uh, based on the early life of uh, Walt Disney. Uh, the film goes by the name as Dreamers Do. The website is waltmovie.com. It's directed and produced by Logan Sekulow, and it is narrated by the country music singer Travis Tritt. So we just wanted to give you guys some thoughts on the film, whether it was worth checking out. And uh, Keith, what was your opinion on the movie? I was really excited, Chance, to screen this movie. I'm a big fan of One Man's Dream. It's at the studios, and I'm just a big history fan in general. So anytime that you get to see a film about Walt's life and stuff, I was all for it. It started off a little slow when they were like children and stuff, and Walt and Roy. But it did establish the relationship and the family structure. Once uh, Walt was like a teenager and started to uh, work on his dreams and his work, it really picked up. And it was a really good film, I thought. Also, like, there was a few um, subtle, uh, like, references in there, too, uh, relate to um, attractions and just some Disney insider references as well. When you do watch this film, keep an eye out for those. But overall, you know, I thought that it was a well-done indie film and it told the story extremely well. I agree with you. It is. It was way better than what I was expecting. You know, I had seen the trailer for it and I was like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot. And luckily we got a, a copy to see it. And I was really surprised with it. And, you know, like you said, it definitely starts off slow. Uh, some of the acting in the movie, you know, is, isn't great, but overall I'd, I'd say the majority of the actors are really good. The, uh, the, the person who played uh, Walt was excellent, who played Roy was excellent, who played Of Iwerks was very good. Um, you know, he was uh, a character in that, and, you know, it was interesting to see his his uh, his character in that. And, um, you know, it was overall a good film. It's, you know, you got to suspend the, uh, was it, belief of reality in, in a couple scenes where, you know, there's some modern day things that made it into the film, but it's not nothing major. I just happened to see a couple things here and there, but it doesn't uh, deter, deter from the film at all. It's really well done. It's got a great story. You know, like you said, there was a little little hints here and there about you know the future of what was going to become of of Walt and and the company, and I definitely think it's a film that you should check out if you put it on the 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 fast pass just pass or standby. I would definitely put it on the the standby list. I mean, you don't need to rush out and see it, but I think it's something as a Disney fan you really would enjoy seeing. I think too is that any time that we can show the kids and maybe the you know a younger um, fans who just know him 
and his life, it's worth showing them that he's just not a name on a sign at a park somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, that's the one thing I'm always worried about is, and I know people do think that, that they don't know that this is a real person and he was a real person and Walt really had a tough life growing up. He didn't have an easy life at all. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, a majority of, of Americans that are living now wouldn't be able to deal with the life that he had to do. I'm not saying that, you know, he struggled for food or for most of his life or anything like that. It wasn't like that at all. But, you know, it was a tough life. It was it was a lot tougher living back then than it is now. So because of the things that happened to him in his life, you got the Walt Disney that we know and love today. So, you know, this is one of those things where, like, if, if Walt Disney were alive today, you can pretty much guarantee that you would not have Walt Disney World in, you know, 20 years from now. It's right. just... It's, uh, because of the life he lived and that day and time, you know, this is what you got from it. And it, and it depicts that really well. It's definitely worth checking out. It's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, so this film will is available on uh, waltmovie.com. You can also uh, pick it up in stores on September 16th. And it'll also be available on streaming on September 1st on like iTunes and Amazon and things along those lines. So uh, definitely check it out. On this week's show, we're happy to bring on the guest whose passion for Disney helped spark a fan fiction story on Disneyland. Please welcome Kate Abbott to the Tiki Hut. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thank you so much for having me in the Tiki Hut today. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you coming on. So why don't you um, introduce yourself to our audience and um, tell them a little bit about yourself and why you love Disney. Okay, Um, I am Kate. I live in Sacramento, California, with my equally Disney-obsessed husband and our growing Disney-obsessed son, who's six. I love Disney and Disneyland because, I think because, like my son, I grew up going there, even though, to Disneyland. Even though I've always lived in Northern California, my parents really made it a priority for us to always take two trips a year to Disneyland at Christmas time and in the summer. And I just was able to sort of transition from loving it as a kid and loving all the characters and parades and that kind of thing to loving it as an adult, um, you know, appreciating the architecture and the artwork and the theming and all those things that, you know, I still love about it. So it's just always been a part of, of my life and I couldn't imagine a world without Disneyland. (laughs) So how old were you when you first uh, took your first trip? I think I was three, but I don't, I don't remember it. Come on, that's unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) You don't remember three years old. (laughs) (laughs) My, I think my earliest memory is maybe when I was like five and I I had I was like at a parade there and Peter Pan came over and like shook my hand and said hello to me and I was just like in awe and totally petrified <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate, would you consider yourself more of um a park fan or a Disney fan or is it just a mixture of both? Um I think definitely a mixture of both. Um I mean just from a really young age, I was really obsessed with, you know, the classic animated movies. I mean, when I was little, my favorite was Snow White, and I refused to wear pants 
for a long time as a kid because <laughs> no white, never wore pants. Um, so I just wore dresses all the time, no matter how cold it was. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I've been pretty obsessed with the movies, but I think as an adult, I've definitely gotten more obsessed just with Disneyland, the park. Would you give us a brief overview of your book? Was this like based off of any um, like experiences that you had as a teenager? Yeah, definitely. Some of it was. So just to tell people about it, it's about 14-year-old Casey, and she's about to start high school, and she's at Disneyland on her family's annual summer vacation, kind of like I would be going on. <laughs> um, her best friend has just dumped her, which fortunately did not happen to me, but it happened to poor Casey. And her parents, for the first time on a trip, are really starting to bother her, um, just kind of hovering over her and sort of dictating how their vacation is going to go when she maybe has her own ideas of how she wants it to go as she starts to get a little more independent. And then she meets um, a 15-year-old guy named Bert while they are waiting in line for the Indiana Jones adventure. And she's able to go off with him and sort of face some of her fears about starting high school soon and her fears about herself and growing up. I think some of it is definitely from my own experiences just, you know, the book starts out with her in a car going from Northern California to Disneyland, um, you know, stuck in the back seat with her parents. <laughs> and, and that was definitely very familiar, a very familiar feeling to me. And I thought it would just be a good way to start out showing that to show how she's starting to feel trapped by them as she's trying to grow up a little bit. I think that, that all of us have seen, you know, those teens at the parks that just, they seem so, you know, like trapped and yeah. bored and <laughs> and just, it's not a magical day for them. And I think that once they're older and stuff, they can appreciate it better. But as a teenager, it just, it kind of like feels as if it's just another family trip. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's a super awkward stage to be in and I mean it's one I definitely went through where I loved Disneyland and I loved it my whole life and you know I still look forward to going and I wanted to go but I just didn't want to be there with my parents yeah. <laughs> that's a tough age you're, you're too old to do what you're doing but you're not old enough to do what you want to do you're, you're in right. the, it's like you're in limbo there for for a short period of time it's, yeah, a, it's exactly. a tough age to be anywhere on vacation, whether it's Disney or the beach or the mountains or whatever your family vacation is, uh, you know, it's that that's kind of uh, it crosses all all vacations. It's not just a Disney thing. Yeah, definitely. I think it might be even more intense at a Disney park, maybe just because you're confronted with, you know, all these memories of your childhood constantly. So it's I think, at least for me, it was sort of hard to feel like I was growing up when I was just constantly, you know, still sort of wanting to go on Snow White Scary Adventures or ride the carousel or, you know, whatever. Definitely. Well, well going back a little bit, um, how did you, when did you know that writing was something that you wanted to do or a writer is what you wanted to be? I think. I was really little. Um, I mean, before I can remember, so I hear, um, I used to sort of dictate 
stories to my grandmother and she would write them down for me because I didn't know how to write yet. And just from when I was a young kid, you know, reading my favorite books like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and all those kind of great children's classics. I just thought there was a magical thing to to just be able to read a book and to see the author's name on the cover. It just seemed like the best thing anybody could ever do to me. <laughs> is Disneylanders the first like, published book of yours? It is, yeah. It's my very first book that I wrote, and it's the first published book, the first novel I ever wrote, the first everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said novel. Are you working on some nonfiction items as well? or? Yeah, um, I just finished um, a memoir, actually, that's a lot different than Disneylanders. <laughs> um, it's very, you know, dark and serious. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a lot different. And I've written, you know, essays that have been published. Um, but yeah, Disneylanders was my fun novel. <laughs> Was it like the first time you saw the book in your hand and saw the, the cover and, and your name on it? You know, was that like just Christmas morning for you? Or oh yeah, it really, really was. It was. I mean, I'm gonna get all teary eyed just thinking about it. <laughs> I, yes, I our cry. first crier on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I totally cried when I saw it, and it was just totally awesome and I showed my son and I was like this is the book that I wrote this is my name you know <laughs> do you hang out in like Barnes and Noble and wait for someone to pick up your book and <laughs> you know that's me that's hey, I wrote me. that I wrote that <laughs> would you like me to sign it for you I'll sign it for you <laughs> someone sent me a picture of the book that they saw out in the wild at a Barnes and Noble somewhere in Orange County and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Someone else came across my book and thought to take a picture to send me. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. What inspires you to write a, a book based on Disneyland? Hmm. Well, actually, you know, my, my husband and I used to go all the time. Um, we actually used to go more before we had a kid, which is kind of strange. But we used to go like every two months. Um, which is a lot for living in Northern California, I think. Right. Uh, (laughs) I don't go anywhere every two months. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we used to just go all the time. And one of my coworkers, you know, seeing that I was taking time off again, asked me, why do you love Disneyland so much? Like, why are you going all the time? I couldn't really give a concise answer that someone who didn't understand a love of a Disney park would really understand. So I kind of kept that in mind and I thought I need to write a book that sort of shows why and how I love Disneyland. So I, that was how I decided to have a book set there because I kind of wanted it to be like a love letter to this place that I love so much. People either love or hate fiction novels that take place inside Disney theme parks. Um, (laughs) These are environments that, that we love that all of us, you know, diehard fans. I, you know, I I could tell you the layout of Walt Disney world with my eyes closed and tell you exactly where everything is without even you know hesitating. So to write a book in that environment is, is kind of difficult. Is that something that was a concern for you? Um, It was actually just really fun 
to be able to go to that environment in my head every day when I was working on it. And, you know, like, like you were saying, you can totally picture every little detail of where to go and what it feels like to be there, what it smells like to be there. Um, you know, you can imagine the water and the water smell inside the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Um, you can just feel all these sensory things. Um, so I wasn't really worried about it because I felt like it was such a part of my experience that I, I felt pretty confident in being able to include all those little details accurately. Take us through the process of writing a book. Do you just like sit down and stare at a screen until it pops in your head or do you, you know... <laughs> Like, you know, go and walk around the park with a voice recorder and just like, start to spew out stuff that comes into in your mind? How does that work? Well, sometimes I definitely just sit there staring at the page. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do that a lot, actually. <laughs> uh, but actually, it was kind of strange with this book because, well, one of the reasons I started writing it, I'm going to go off in a little divergence here. One of the reasons I started writing it when I did is that I had bad carpal tunnel problems and my doctor said you cannot use the computer or even a pen for a month. You just have to let it rest. Ooh. And of course during that month I wanted to write more than anything. <laughs> yeah. That was like all I wanted to do. I'd had this idea in my head forever and I just hadn't sat down and done it. And so during that month, that's all I wanted to do was write. And so when I finally got the go-ahead for it, I I was just, like, totally possessed with getting these words on the page. And so because I still couldn't use a computer at the time, um, I actually hand-wrote the book. So I just filled up some notebooks with it. Um, and then later on, my husband actually typed it all up for me so I could... Wow edit on the computer when I was better. Um, what a guy that is, man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like the ghost writer for Disneyland. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets he, a ribbon for sure or something. He, yeah, he <laughs> does. Gold star for the day. <laughs> he definitely does. Um, so, yeah, that process was a little bit different. Now now I'm okay and I can just write on the computer. But, yeah, it was it was interesting. And, you know, it was kind of fun to be able to handwrite again. It kind of reminded me of writing when I was a kid. Did you have a favorite spot that you liked to sit down and, and actually write it, or it really didn't matter to you? Um, yeah, I always had to write at the kitchen table. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> that was just my place to go. I would come home from work, and I would take a shower, and I would sit down and write. And that was just my routine I got into. You must have gotten really dirty at work. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like it. Uh, <laughs> I had to kind of wash off the day in the office. You know? <laughs> Just to relax you and, and, and get into the mood of writing. Yeah, definitely. Do you work with, with books for your for your primary job? Are you like an editor or anything like that? Or do you completely have nothing to do with, with literature as a, as a job? No, I actually, that was... An excellent guess because I actually was a book editor. <laughs> so, yeah, but it wasn't for novels or anything like that. It was actually for video game strategy guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> nice. And we That's have awesome. episode two with Kate coming up. 
we're going to talk about video game strategy guy. How do you editing one of those? That what a what a that I've never heard of that. I mean, obviously someone does it, but yeah. wow. <laughs> do you have to sit there and play the game yeah. too? Occasionally, I got to. Yeah. No, you idiot! You take the second right, not the first right. <laughs> Stupid. Write that right. down. Write that down. Exactly. It's it's actually a lot of that kind of thing. <laughs> is it any is it any like games that we would know? Oh, yeah, I mean I worked on a lot of titles. Um I'm actually I still go in freelance and work for them. So yeah, I've been working on a lot of Pokemon titles lately. Yeah, it was just a whole bunch. I yeah. And I'm still a copy editor for them too, so I still get to work oh, okay. that way. Cool. Very cool. Do you have any plans to write another book involving Disneyland? Or perhaps a sequel to this story? Um, I don't have any plans right now, but that's not to say that it would never happen. I kind of like leaving the story where it is right now, where it's a little bit, their future, Casey and Bert's future is sort of open. And I think that's appropriate for their ages. I mean, they're young teenagers. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've thought about having it set a few years in the future maybe they i don't know maybe they reunite in some way but i'm not i'm not quite sure yet and i've also thought maybe about having another disneylanders book with different characters like in a totally different situation in life just to kind of show all the different ways that people relate to the park and what it means to different people going through different things. But I'm not sure. I don't have any immediate plans for it right now. Do you think maybe if you write a sequel or another story involving anything Disney that you can write in that there was like these three really cool guys that hang out at like the, the Tiki Hut and like they're like characters, like just mischievous characters that they run into? I could totally write yes. that in. You would like to be special guest stars in your uh, next book. That would actually be really fun. <laughs> but I like the I like what you said there because you know your Casey's the likelihood that Casey and Bert are gonna you know get married and live happily ever after in the real world is you know, not impossible by any stretch. Some people do that, but uh, you're right. They they're at their age. The open end that you left is is good. Although I wouldn't mind a, a, a catch up on on what Casey's doing these days. But I think it'd be fun to like you said do a different do it at Disneyland, but do it differently. Like maybe have a a married couple with no kids that like to go to Disney, but you know just uh-huh. just a different angle, something like that. Like you said, that, that's. That's why you're a writer. I would not have come up with something like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's good to know someone else is interested in that idea. <laughs> yeah, I would I would read it. Oh, I'm, yeah. I would I'm too. a 30-something with no kids who goes to Disney. It would Now I'm the target audience as opposed to uh, <laughs> uh, Disneylanders where I was not a 14-year-old girl at any point in my life. <laughs> um, do you still get to visit the parks? You know, or and, and if you do, I mean, I know you do because um, I, I talked to you and, and your husband on Twitter. I know you get down there still, but do you view it differently than you did before? Yeah, it is different. It, it's definitely a little different because I sort of see things maybe a little bit through my character's eyes, I guess. Even though, I mean, it's been a while since I wrote the book. I still sort of have them in my head sometimes, especially when I go there. And it's kind of strange because I sort of have these memories of places in the park, but things didn't really happen there in real life. They're from the book. Uh, <laughs> so that's a little bit of an odd feeling. 
Like, oh, no, ever... this is where Casey met Bert. And it's like, no, that that didn't really happen here in life. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, like, had a dole whoop with them and, like, started to talk to them? <laughs> on, I haven't Bert. done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> I might get there. <laughs> I got to ask, was, is Bert from Mary Poppins? I mean, is that why you named him Bert? Or was yeah. it just sounded like a good name? No, it totally is. Bart is one of my favorite characters, so. And then also Acacia, you got to tell me what were that. I mean, that Casey is a fairly common name, but Acacia, which is what her real name is, where did that come from? Well, I liked the name Casey, and I liked it as a nickname that other that like her friends or her peers would call her, and I wanted to give her kind of a more formal sounding name that her parents would call her and to also kind of show that, you know, they're a little bit out of touch with her personality. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where that came from. <laughs> and how long did it take you to write from uh, beginning to end? Um, I think it took me about a little over a year. I, I went, I actually went to Disney world during that time. Um, my, my one trip there, which was great. And I was sort of in the middle of writing it and I didn't want to just leave it, you know, for the week I was gone because mm-hmm. I was afraid of getting out of the rhythm of doing it. So I just brought my notebooks with me and, you know, we'd go to the parks and we'd come back to rest a little bit in the hotel before going out again at night. And I would just do my writing in the hotel and go swimming, do some more writing. <laughs> it was really fun. So you're you're a primarily a Disneyland person, hence the name of the book. But what were your first impressions when you walked down Main Street at the Magic Kingdom? Uh, it was surreal. It was just, I mean, I felt like I knew the place, but I didn't really. It was it was the whole time my husband and I were just going around saying things like, "Oh, this is over here," and you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Wow, look at that. It's, it's all <laughs> different. And... But that's how I felt at Disneyland. I've, I've been one time, and it's like you know it, but it's not this place you know. It's like, wait a minute, that Pirates of the Caribbean isn't supposed to be here, and uh-huh. the Haunted Mansion's on the over here, and why is Star Tours here? That belongs in a different <laughs> place altogether. And, and yeah, you feel like, oh, that's in the wrong place, but... <laughs> it's like an episode of Twilight Zone. It's like, I know this place, but it's not quite right. What? It's just off. It's it's almost off-putting a little bit at first, but... It is. It's a good way, but, you know, it, you still kind of feel a little, like, unease, a little unease, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it took me, I think, a couple days just to sort of get accustomed to that and to feel like I started to get to know the place you know on its own terms instead of just always comparing it to what I already knew from Disneyland it, it's definitely a strange feeling it is so the the, the book was first published um, last year uh, under theme park press but the uh, the big reason we we had you on now is because you you have a new publisher uh, Orchard Hill Press how did that were you shopping it around to other publishers to, to try to give it more press or did they approach you or? Um, I wasn't, you know, shopping it around or anything. Um, it just turned out that, you know, my first publisher and I sort of had different goals for the book. So I was lucky to find Orchard Hill Press and our, you know, our hopes for the book were sort of better aligned and they had really great ideas 
you know, about sort of redesigning it and making it prettier and, you know, the cover is pretty now. And, you know, I like the first cover too, but it's a little bit targeted towards a different age group, a little bit older now, how it looks, which I think is maybe more appropriate for the story. I think it maybe is better matched up design wise with how the story is. So yeah, I'm very happy with my new publisher. I'm glad to hear that. That's, you know, that's, that's good for you. And it makes you feel so much better that, you know, you're connecting with someone else and, and has a, a, has more in line with the vision for your story. That's great. Right. So as you know, every guest that we have come on, we have them do the, 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 the Tiki lightning round. Okay. <laughs> and because we spoke to you before the show and you had your answers picked already, <laughs> we're going to change them. <laughs> So, you know, one of them is, is a favorite attraction. So now we're going to do your favorite attraction that you have to ride by yourself. That I have to ride by myself. No, no. Wow. No, you could just do regular. Yeah. Favorite attraction. Favorite. Ignore favorite Sean. Attraction. Favorite attraction. Hmm. Well, my favorite attraction is the Enchanted Tiki Room. Sometimes I feel like I have to go in there by myself. But <laughs> <laughs> if my other party members don't want to go with me. For some insane reason. I think I've convinced them all now, though, that it's the most awesome thing. So I think everybody still wants to go with me now. Uh, oh, that's good. But yeah, it's it's my favorite for sure. And your favorite Disney character? Donald Duck. He's favorite movie? Probably Snow White from when, you know, my younger days and wearing the dresses and all that. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite snack? Favorite snack... Is actually a little bit hard because I like a lot of the snacks. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I have to get a Dole Whip float when I'm in the Tiki Room. Have you guys had the Dole Whip float? Oh, yeah. Dole Whip floats are pretty, yep. uh, pretty yeah. spectacular. They are yeah. good. You got to have that. And I also like a mint julep in New Orleans Square. So I didn't get one of those when I was out there. Next time. You know, I have a recipe that, where you can make it at home. Oh, well, you're going to have to send me that on Twitter. Yeah, in case you want to try it. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite the same as being there, but, you know, if you close your eyes and play a soundtrack album or something, it might be okay. I'm not a fan of mint tulips. Aw. Yeah. I'd try it, though, again. I haven't had one in a few years, but... Can My I tell husband you? isn't either. I don't understand it, but... <laughs> and I like mint. I don't know what it is. Well, they're very sweet. I mean, they're... Maybe overly sweet, but I'm okay with that. The the best the best snack at Disneyland, one in my opinion, was the the palm frites at Cafe Orleans. Oh yeah! Oh, I don't even have words for how amazing those things are. Oh my gosh! I yeah, could... so that's that's the ultimate. You're right. I my favorite meal at Disneyland is to go there and get a three cheese Monte Cristo and mm. a mint julep and the palm frites and. Yeah, it's perfect. And then I'm so full, I can't go on any rides for a long time. <laughs> that's okay. It's worth it. So the final question is your favorite Disney park memory. Well, I have a lot of them, and it's hard to pick one. But I think the first one that popped into my head was my BFF and I at the time were going on Big Thunder, and she got to come with me on my vacation with my parents, so it was a big deal. And my parents let us go off by ourselves that night in the park, 
and we were on Big Thunder, and we were just, like, screaming, you know, and having a great time, and just enjoying being by ourselves, <laughs> being out late, you know, and everybody on the train suddenly started singing Hot, Hot, Hot. You know that song? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. Everyone just started singing it, and it was just totally bizarre and fun. And yes, that that is maybe one of my favorite memories. <laughs> That's great. That's a great That's, memory. That's funny. <laughs> did you participate? I did. <laughs> my friend and I definitely did. I only know the words hot, hot, hot. I know That's the tune, like, but I could no. <laughs> I could the rest of it if you if I had to. No, that's pretty much all we said. But oh, well. <laughs> perfect. Then. Kate, so uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. But before we go, um, why don't you take this opportunity to you know tell our listeners about you, where they can find you, you know where where you're at on social media, internet, the world, all that sort of stuff. The world. <laughs> Not your address. Um, we don't have. We don't need your address. People say my address. But <laughs> um, okay, so my website is kateabbott.com. It's um, a b b o t t, and you can find more contact information there, and also links to like essays that I've had published, and the Disneylanders trailer, and stuff like that. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Kate underscore Abbott underscore. And I like to talk to people on Twitter. So please feel free to contact me on there. Excellent. Uh, what's your what's your current is Disneylanders and the new publisher? Is that kind of your current thing or is there something else that is kind of on the, the front burner right now? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely on the front burner, I guess you could say. Right. <laughs> um but I'm, I just finished that memoir um, that's actually about my experience with postpartum depression. So, yeah, it's totally different than Disneylanders, but I'm currently looking for a publisher for that. My current publisher is not really appropriate for that book. <laughs> right. On Disney books. Right. <laughs> as much as I like them. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's also what I'm working on. And I started working on a new novel um, after my, you know, sort of serious book, I wanted to go and have more fun again in writing. Um, so I'm working on that right now. It's about a young woman who inherits her family's stumpy, falling apart house on a lake. So that's where I'm at so far with it. Is it haunted? Is it going to be haunted? It should be haunted. I'm you know, I was kind of thinking maybe it should be haunted. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would, I would totally read that. I'm going to make a note right now that says haunted. <laughs> by three guys. Who, <laughs> not by three guys. Who spookily uh, hang outside of a tiki hut somewhere. Uh, it should have a tiki hut. Your house was built on an old ancient tiki hut burial ground. <laughs> the story is terrible. Please don't take our advice. <laughs> you would be banished from writing forever. That's what that lady writes. Let's not talk to her ever. <laughs> I think I should put a tiki hut in it, though. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, just make sure that there's three guys hanging out outside it. Okay. Yeah. Three guys that come around. Yeah. yeah. She's going she to write three people in her, three guys into her book, but it, we're going to be, like, in prison or something, and we got arrested <laughs> for being 
creepy guy standing on the corner at, next to this lady's house. That's okay. okay. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna cherish it. <laughs> oh, Read Lord. it to your cellmate, Sean. <laughs> Kate, we really appreciate you coming on. Like I said off the show before we started recording, uh, I you know I've been a, a big fan of this book and a big supporter of this book since since I read it. Um, actually, I won a copy of it, which is really cool. But um, you know, it's I was not who you were writing for, but it really did sit well with me, and I really enjoyed the book. And I've promoted it a lot uh, on Twitter, and and will continue to do so. It's a really great book, and you did an excellent job bringing Disney uh, in, and kind of uh, you know just we've all had those moments where we were teenagers at a Disney park, like we kind of talked about off the air. And and this is this is a great book, and and we really. Uh, appreciate you coming on to talk about it tonight. Thank you so much. I I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it and all of your support. And you know what? Now I'm getting teary-eyed again. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you get teary-eyed, I'll wrap the show. Uh, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this week. Be sure you, uh, to let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, you can comment in the notes over at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. You can email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. And you can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Check out our store over at Redbubble.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at Tiki Talk Podcast. And lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's one M I N Disney Dream and MouseCoolVacations.com. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DoleWebDaily and online at DoleWebDaily.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N-O-R-M-N-B, the number eight and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith, our special guest, Kate Abbott. I'm Alan, and this has been the Enchanted Tiki Talk Podcast. Aloha. I can't say that I sympathized with, with Casey, having never been a teenage girl, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, you haven't? I could Keith, still... Keith, you were a teenage girl. How was it? Keith was one. Was on TV once, was a soap opera. You know, it was a small part, but.